Hello, everybody. Welcome back to another episode of the By Word Show. I'm so glad you're here. Hope you've had a great week so far. You guys, I am so pumped for this episode. I'm sitting here with Elizabeth Andreevsky, and we have already just been talking, and I'm like, wow, I cannot wait to get into this episode and this conversation. So let's just dive into this. Elizabeth, thank you so much for being here. Would you just quickly introduce yourself and tell everybody a little bit about who you are and what you do? Yes. Thank you so much for having me. I'm so excited to chat. Um, I'm Elizabeth. I have four kids, three boys and a toddler girl. Our house is full of energy and lots of noise <laughs> and lots of fart jokes. <laughs> I've been married for 14 years uh, to my husband and we live in North Florida. And I am a stress coach for Christian moms. I have a podcast named Emotionally Healthy Legacy, and I help moms who are struggling with anger outbursts and feeling so much guilt and shame and moms who are super stressed out and overwhelmed and overreacting. And it's just coming out in negative ways towards their families. And so that is who I support and who I help. I got on this journey because I struggled uh, with parenting myself uh, mm. with my third son. I ended up going to counseling because I just felt like I couldn't control him. I felt like all the tactics I used with my older two were just not working with him. He would just get into everything. He would not listen to me. He would just be so busy. I felt like all day long I was like on high alert keeping him mm. alive, making sure he wouldn't hurt himself. And I just thought something was wrong with my kid. And so because I was all day long, I felt so triggered, so frustrated, so easily angered that he was not listening. That was the thing. He was not listening to me. Mm. And he was, uh, I'd say like two and a half at that time. And so, but I had two other kids. So I thought like I could Compared to them, he seemed like he was a little bit more wild in a sense. Mm -hmm. And um, when I went to counseling, I was introduced to the world of respectful parenting. I, I'm sure you've heard of it. It's It's been kind of like a, I'd say like a trend, I guess, the last five years in a sense. But it is about um, teaching your children how to handle their emotions and how to uh, regulate their own emotions, how to use connection when your child is resisting, mm. to use connection to get them to cooperate. And like the example that she brought to me when I was in counseling, like stood out to me so much. So she said, imagine you, your husband, like plans a really nice date. You guys had such a great time. Like you talked, you joked, you laughed, you come home, you sit down on the couch and he's like, Hey hon, can you get me some water? Like, you're going to be like, yeah, sure. You know, like I'll get up and get you some water. But if you guys had like a couple weeks of tension and you said something rude and he was, you know, said something disrespectful and unloving, and it's just been like, yelling, raising your voice, just like no time to connect, no pleasant experiences, just constant tension. And then you got into a fight and you guys sit on the couch and he's like, hey, can you get me some water? Like, what are you going to say? You're a grown mm. man. Get your, get your own water. <laughs> like you got your two feet, you know, get up and go get it. I mean, you might as like be super submissive and just like clench your teeth and do it, but <laughs> you're not going to want to, right? You're going to have that mm. resistance. And so she said, like, if you want your kids to have that cooperation with you, for them to listen to you and like wanting to listen to you, you got to have that connection with them. And that happens with like 
creating that emotional connection, not just spending time with them, but creating the emotional connection to helping them feel seen, heard, understood, and teaching them to handle their own big feelings when they're struggling. But it had to start with me. I couldn't Mm. teach that to him if I was not able to handle my own frustrations and anger. I'm expecting a two-year-old to maturely handle a limit when I say, I know you can't have candy before dinner and not melt down, right? Like for some reason I expected that. Yet when I'm frustrated and not getting my own way, I would get all triggered and angry. So the work had to start with me and I had to do the work that was uncomfortable, right? And um, I ended up really struggling making those changes. I, I felt like I was learning all these tools and counseling and then I would go home and in the heat of the moment, I get triggered and I go back to my old ways of doing things, mm. feeling triggered, frustrated, angry, threatening, wanting to spank. And I did not want to do that anymore, but I felt like I couldn't snap out of this old way of doing things. And there's definitely a period of time of like, it's an adjustment, but it just feels so hard. And I'm like, how do people make it sound so easy? Like, I just (laughs) don't get it. And around like a couple months after I started counseling, I ended up buying a course from an influencer called Unburdened, um, Ali Casaza. And it was about scheduling kind of like your days to support you, like creating rhythms and routines and habits. So then you kind of have um, days that, you know, you feel good during the day and not just like reactive to your life. Yeah. And that really resonated with me. And I started to implement the things that I learned. And the biggest change that I started to make was I got up in the mornings before my kids. And I started to use that time to connect with God and spend with Him and practice some practices like journaling and just sitting in silence to calm my nervous system. And I noticed the huge difference in my tolerance levels during the day, how much I was able to handle when my kids were not listening, when they weren't cooperating, when they had a meltdown. I wasn't as triggered because I was internally in a better place. And I was Mm. doing that consistently and proactively. Now my kids were sleeping through the night at that stage. So I'm just want to point that out. I didn't have a newborn at that time. I've had another baby since then. And so, you know, we can chat a little bit, you know, how do you do that when you have a little one? But, but that is like how I got on this journey. And and then I'm like, I figured this thing out. I have to tell other moms about it. That's when, you know, everything was born, Emotionally Healthy Legacy Podcast and the resources that I put out um, for moms. That's incredible. I just feel like this is such a needed conversation to be had because there's a lot of conversations going on about mom guilt or how hard the toddler stage is or, you know, these kinds of things, but there's not as much I mean, well, I guess there is more now, or maybe it's just I've been immersed in this world lately because I'm very much in the same boat. I've got a three-year-old son who is on 24-7, and there are some days, especially because I'm currently pregnant, where I'm like, I have nothing else to give. I can't do a single thing. I quit for the day. Like I, It's just overwhelming. But the fact that you mentioned you had the awareness. I mean, going to counseling as well, I'm sure was just so helpful and insightful to process all that because it really does have to start with you. 
And like you mentioned, getting up early before your kids, I've noticed the same thing in my own life. Like if I have time to just get my mind, get my heart in the right place, connect with God before I'm rushing into a stressful morning, it makes a world of difference because I catch myself all the time reacting and it's because I'm stressed. It's because I'm overwhelmed. And so often I don't even realize I'm doing it until later. And then I'm in the guilt cycle, you know, and it's just this endless mess of emotions and I'm trying to help him feel his feelings, but I'm feeling feelings and it's just, it's so much. And so how, I mean, what was that journey like for you? Because I mean, stress and overwhelm is a heavy thing. And I feel like most women, moms especially, are feeling that a good amount of the time. And so how do we start to handle our own stress so that we can better help our kids, like be better equipped and just able to respond to them more gently during the day? Yeah, that's a great question. So a lot of the work that I do with my clients and the way I teach is I teach doing things proactively. Like Mm. one of the things that I do notice in the parenting community, they teach you like what to do with the kids, what to say, what not to say, how to handle it. The problem is, is if you're stressed out and overwhelmed and you're running and empty, you literally cannot access that information in your brain in the heat of the moment. Mm. You just get so overwhelmed and you go back to overreacting. Um, And like, it helps me to understand kind of like what's going on in my brain when I feel stressed out and why I react a specific way. So um, we have like three different parts of our brain that help us, you know, help me help you understand like emotions and behaviors. So right now you and I are in our thinking part of the brain, right behind our forehead. Mm -hmm. And this is where like, We can problem solve, we can learn new skills, we can stay calm and regulated. Like this is when we feel good, we're in this part of the brain. When we are triggered or when we are super emotional, we switch to our emotional part of the brain, which is like right in the center of our brain. And this is when you switch there, it shuts off your thinking brain. And you, Mm. like, when you're triggered, you get more disrespectful, you get more rude, right? Like, you get easily frustrated. And let's say when you are hungry or tired, that creates a threat to your brain and it shifts you to the emotional part of the brain. You want to be kind, you want to be understanding, but all the stressors, and like, some of them are controllable, some of them are not. And so we'll, what I teach is help you how to control the controllable stressors, but like mm. it creates a threat in your brain. And so then you get more triggered and frustrated with everyone else around you. Like this is where you only see your perspective. Have you ever had like a conflict with your spouse? And like, you literally cannot even like fathom their perspective. You just want to push <laughs> your perspective on them. And that's because yeah. you're an emotional part of the brain. But when mm. you cool off and calm down, you're more ready to receive what they have to say and like be more empathetic and understanding. And then when the stress builds up enough, let's say you're overwhelmed, you're sleep deprived, you're hungry, you're rushing late, your phone is dinging, your kids are not cooperating, you have tension with your spouse, you have financial stress, add all (laughs) those things. That can easily shift you to the survival part of the brain which is where your brainstem is, and it is fight, flight, or freeze. So some Mm -hmm. people 
go into fight mode and they externally just take it out on everyone else. And it's like screaming, yelling, just you feel completely out of control because everything else in your life feels so out of control that like yeah. that little one thing of your kid not listening or melting down just puts you over the edge and you just completely lose it. Or you go into freeze mode. You literally just like shut down. Like you just like, I can't handle this. This is too much. Like mm. I, I'm just going to escape. And oftentimes that leads to unhealthy coping skills. Um, it's like numbing behaviors that like drinking or, you know, other things that are not helpful. Or even just tuning out and escaping on your phone, scrolling on social media or yeah. we flee. You know, how many times do you know, like people are like, you know what? I'm so done with this. I'm not even dealing with it. You just like walk <laughs> away, you know? And some of it is like yeah. based on like a family of origin. Some of it is just our part of our personality, but helping what helped me to understand, like, I'm not necessarily overreacting because I want to, I'm overreacting because I'm struggling for one way, reason or another. And so yeah. the tools and the things that I teach, it's like, how can we set you up proactively support you on a regular basis so you don't get to that level of 10 out of 10 that you stay mm -hmm. like at a three four yeah you'll get frustrated you'll get angry but you don't like tip over the edge and so yeah like, it helped me understand that let's say in the mornings when we wake up our stress level is at its highest so let's say you're an eight out of ten 10 is when you lose your marbles, you lose your cool, you freak out, you yell or <laughs> shut down or escape. And so when you wake up, you're an eight. So if you just jump into your day with your kids screaming, with um, tension with your spouse, with running late, and like you can quickly get to a 10. But if you get mm -hmm. up in the mornings before your kids and you literally just spend some time in silence, connect with God, you can either read the Bible or pray or journal or just literally have your coffee in silence and just sit there and be and have a little bit of time to calm your nervous system and just get ready for the day without the chaos of just going, going, going right down to like a two, maybe a one. And then when your kids wake up and they're like, acting out they're not cooperating or whatever you have a lot more tolerance versus right. just being at an eight and so a lot of the tools that I teach they're proactively so we do things like asking for help so you're not so overwhelmed you ask your spouse for help as your kids get older you delegate things to your kids you ask your kids yeah. for help how can I make things easier can I do grocery pickup instead of going to the store with all of my kids like you know, like, is there anything? Yes. Can I ask grandma to pick them up from school since she lives in that area so I can get two days off, you know, in, you know, in the week that I don't have to rush, 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 you know? So like asking for help, saying no and setting boundaries, right? Sometimes parents feel like their kids have to be in all these sports and activities. That's part of your stress. You're running, running, yeah. running without any time to decompress or recharge, nor your kids. So then your kids have meltdowns and then you have meltdowns and then you have these big emotional explosions in your family and the root is just stress. Nobody has time to decompress and just like <sighs> take a breather, right? And so yes. sometimes it's unmet needs. You're literally sleep deprived. Because maybe you have too much going on, because you've said yes to too many things, you know, Yeah. because you don't ask for help. 
or your days feel just so hard and challenging, you stay up till midnight scrolling on your phone to escape the reality. And then you have a hard time getting up a little bit before your family. And then you wake up feeling reactive. So it's like, I have to work with the clients, try to figure out like, okay, what is the root that we can address that's gonna like trickle down into all these other things? Because these things are in your control. It might feel uncomfortable saying no to a commitment and say, hey, I can't take this on in this season. Like, thank you for thinking me. I, I just cannot do it. I cannot give it the time it deserves. And right. it feels uncomfortable. And then you have more space to go on a walk with your family. Go spend some time by yourself and journal and process your feelings instead of taking yes. it out on your family. So what do you think? Oh, that's so good. And by the way, sorry, guys, if you heard Jude, the boys just got home and he like came in here and was like, hi, mom. So sorry about that. <laughs> I know exactly what you mean. This whole time I'm thinking, yep, been there done that. I've done the checking out thing. I've done staying up late, feeling stressed about work that needs to get done, running around crazy schedules. And it's just like, no wonder we're overwhelmed as moms. Mm -hmm. We want to be super mom. We want to do all the things. We've got a ton of working moms today and like kids are just busy and there's so much going on. It's like, you know, sometimes we just have to take a step back and take inventory. And like you said, find the root of that. So I love that that's what you help women do. Um, So I'd love to know, I know you mentioned busy schedules and a couple other things, but what are the main things that cause stress and overwhelm for moms? And what do you recommend to do proactively to kind of help us um, just be aware of that and then kind of set ourselves up for success? Yeah. Yeah. So I think the biggest thing is literally doing too much. Mm, Just literally doing too much. (laughs) Like overcommitting to too many activities, to events, things like overscheduling yourself. Like, you know, part of it is not asking for help. You're doing too much. You don't have boundaries. You're doing too much. Feeling guilty, not wanting to feel, feeling having a hard time feeling uncomfortable when you say no because someone else is unhappy, right? And so you're literally doing too much and running yourself into the ground. And then you show up towards your family as somebody who is exhausted, overwhelmed, overreactive. You are yelling and screaming and then you feel so much shame and guilt. And the enemy's like, oh, look at you. Like you're a worst, you know, the worst mom in the world. You're failing at this. You're not meant to be a mom and you are, you're just struggling. Right. And we need to kind of take like a bird's eye eye view of your life. It's like, Hey, what is going on here? And so like, for me, the biggest thing is like, I have my clients write down. It's like, what are all the things you're committed to? Mm. And what are some things that you can let go of? Because you are overcommitted. And like, I'll give you an example, even like today. So I scheduled, so I have this thing that I've done with all of my kids. When they were born, I would take them to Jesse Penny and I took monthly photos over there. And then once they turn one, it's a yearly photo thing. And so uh, my boys, I, for, I didn't get around to, in January. Two of them were January birthdays. I missed it. And then I send that just turned six and my daughter's turning two in a month. And I'm like, okay, I'm just going to get them all done at once, right? I'll just <laughs> take them all. And I was scheduled it to do it today. You know, I was scheduled it to do it today at 3.15 um, after we're done here. And then my daughter wakes up and then 
this morning, I'm like, man, I just feel out of it. Like, I don't feel like myself. Maybe it's like, because it's right before my period. It's just, I don't feel myself. I know that if I go there by myself with four kids, I'm not in a good headspace. Like, I will be agitated and frustrated with them because they're just being kids, right? Like, I'm going to be annoyed. It's not going to be a good experience. So this is something that I could easily reschedule. Like, it's so easily. Like, next week, my kids are home all all week. You know, they're home from school. So all I did was just go into my email, press the reschedule button. So, like, and I could have forced myself to go. Why? I don't know why. But, like, and stress myself out and, like, have my kids – see a mom who's agitated and frustrated or just like try to suppress it so much because other people are around and come home and just take it out on my family or I can make it easier for myself. So like one of the mindset shifts is like, okay, what can I let go of proactively? You do this, you know, you journal through it, you talk about it with a friend or with a coach. You're like, what can I let go of? What can I surrender and release? What can I delegate to other people? Like if your kids are old enough, like heck have them do chores that's how my kids get screen time you know they have to do chores they do their laundry they mow the lawn they take out the trash they unload and load the dishwasher like they do chores they sweep the floor like you're part of this family and that makes it easier for me less things for me to do I'm less stressed out right Mm. and so doing things proactively starts with like meeting your basic needs is eating and sleeping do you have to let go of some things on your schedule so you have time to do that, you know? So yeah. then you're more regulated. And then, you know, asking for help, having some time for yourself on a regular basis as mm. a proactive thing to feel restored and rejuvenated and refreshed. Okay. Yes. So for me personally, it's in the mornings. I my daughter right now, she's almost two. Um, she sleeps through the night most nights. And so she has been since she was about like, you know, eight months old. So that's been super helpful for me. Mm. Um, and so I would get up in the morning before my family and use that time to connect with God and literally sometimes just sit and drink my coffee in silence mm. and just nobody around me. And like, I will say a few things I'm grateful for. Like I wake up in the morning, I'm like, God, I invite you to this day. Please be with me. Like Holy Spirit, show me, guide me what I need to do, mm-hmm. how I can show up as a better mom. Thank you for this home. Thank you for my healthy children. Thank you for my husband. You know, thank you for this master bedroom that we have, <laughs> you know, and like, thank you for the beautiful weather and the fenced yard that we have, you know, thank you for my health. Just saying things I'm grateful for as I'm like making coffee and getting ready for my day. And then I come into my office and I read the Bible for a little bit and um, I pray and just like journal sometimes. And that really, really truly helps me to keep Mm. my sanity throughout the day. Like, um, there's a saying the five people you most spend most time with, are you become more like them? Well, guess what? You get to spend time with Jesus every morning. You can do that mm, and you can become yeah. more like him, you know? And so also it's really calming to your nervous system. That's like another thing, the benefit of doing it in the morning, it calms your stress levels and it, um, you invite God and God into your day. It truly, truly helps you like try it. Try it for two weeks and tell me what happens. So get up in the morning before your kids. And I tell you, changing habits is hard. I'm not a morning person. 
I actually like to sleep, period. I'm not a night person or a morning person <laughs> <laughs> to sleep, you know, but I have learned that it does not serve me well to get up at the last minute with my family. Sure, there are seasons when you have a newborn and stuff, but like usually you're not in a newborn season all the time, right? You eventually right. Do, yeah. do get out of it, you know? And so that's kind of like my biggest thing when it comes to proactively doing things. That's huge. Really, it is because if you know yourself enough to know that even if it's 5, 10, 30 minutes, an hour before your kids get up or some space in the day, like just whatever you need to do to reset and even like you said, regulate your nervous system. I mean, it's as much as our spirit as it is for our physical body to be able to show up ready to be the best mom we can be to our kids. And it can be as simple as asking the Holy Spirit to just okay, Lord, help me today. (laughs) Help me to be the mom that I need to be to these kids. And what a huge difference that simple, simple practice can make. So I love that. Really glad though, that you brought up the newborn stage because I am quickly approaching that and thinking through these things. And I'm like, oh man, yeah, it's going to be back in that season of finding nooks and crannies for myself, for my time with the Lord. So Talk to us about those seasons. When you're in a season, whether it's the newborn stage, you're pregnant and exhausted, you are a single mom, there's financial stress, you're a working mom. Like, How do we handle those stressors that maybe we don't have as much control over? Yeah, that's a really great question. So I can tell you this, that asking for help is number one. That is like the biggest thing that you can Mm. do. Don't see it as like, oh, I'm weak. It's a sign of weakness that I'm asking for help. No, I had to reframe that in my mind. And I literally would tell myself this mantra or phrase, like asking for help is a way to support myself. So then I can show up as a better mom for my kids. I've had seasons in my life where I was like going through depression. I had somebody that came in and cleaned my home. My sister Mm. would cook a couple times a week and watch the kids. Like I allowed other people to come and bring me meals because I wasn't in a good place. You know, I went through a miscarriage, same thing. I allowed people to come and serve me and bring meal trains, you know, and sign mm. up for meal trains and, you know, come and help me take the kids out while I would have some time for myself. And they would say, hey, how can I help you? Typically, like, let's say you have a baby, people congratulate you. Like, oh, congratulations. Is there anything you need? How can we help you? Yes, I'd love for you to sign up for a meal train. Here's the link for it. Like, Mm, you know, one thing off your plate that you don't have to think about or worry or stress over. If somebody can bring you one meal a day, like, oh my gosh, that's so, so helpful. Even every other day. Heck yeah. You know, and so (laughs) asking for help, communicating with your spouse. Hey, like, I'm really struggling right now. I really need some extra support. Would you please do X, Y, Z? Like, that would be so helpful. Like, asking for help is huge. Like, any season in life, if you're a single parent, like, and you attend a church, there's so many women there that would be more than happy to help you out. Like women that kids are grown and out of the house, they would love to come and babysit your kids while you run some errands. Like all you have to do is ask, like legit, all you have to do is ask. There's so many people that want to serve you. Like you're robbing them of a blessing an opportunity to serve you. Like that's how, Mm. like, I remember one friend of mine was saying, like, she's like, other people have either financial resources to help you, you know, or time 
where like, let's say you have um, skills like cooking, whatever. And if you don't ask them or you say, oh, no, it's okay. You know, like you just feel uncomfortable. You're literally robbing those people of a blessing, an opportunity Mm. to serve you and bless you and show you Christ. Like allow them to do that and just accept it and shift your mindset and be like, it's okay for me to receive help. This is for a season. And this is a way to support myself to make things easier, less stressful. So then I can be a better mom for my kids, more patient, more calm, more understanding, compassionate, and have better relationships with them. Like look at the trickle effect of that. So making it, you know, asking for help and then simplifying things. Well, how can you make things easier? What are some expectations can you let go of? Like you have a newborn, Mm. you're not going to have your house always clean all the time. Like you're just not like, just let that go. Like, right. It's okay. (laughs) Let it go. You know, what helped me was like, when I was pregnant towards the end, you know, you're in that nesting stage, like decluttering as much as I could get rid of stuff because then yes. I have less things to clean and do, you know, <laughs> use paper plates if you need to use, you know, paper cups, you know, if you don't have any food sensitivities, you know, maybe make some easier meals that are like mac and cheese or like pre-made stuff you can just put in the oven or whatever. So like make it simple for yourself, like do grocery pickup or grocery delivery if you're in a financial place to do that. Like just make it easy and then ask for help. Mm-hmm. And then when it comes to like spending time with God, when you have a newborn, like, of course, very unlikely for your little one to sleep through the night for eight hours. What did help me was that, especially in our time, you get it. When you're nursing the baby, what do you do? You pick out your phone, pick up your phone. Uh-huh. Where's my phone? Where's my phone? Where's my phone? And you scroll <laughs> and you start looking at things. And so I would challenge you, especially that first feeding in the morning, when you're up for the day, that early feeding, uh, oftentimes my babies would get up at like 6 a.m., you know, 5 a.m., 6 a.m., and everybody would still be sleeping. And I would use that time instead of being on my phone, I would just sit there in silence. I would pray. I would just take some deep mm. breaths. I would just, you know, thank God for this beautiful, healthy baby. I would thank God for all the things that are going well in my life, for the support system that I had, right? For the church people that were bringing me meals, just like, just gratitude, right? And Um, I would do some, do deep breathing because that's calming for my nervous system. Sometimes I would listen to an audio Bible. There's this really great podcast called a year in the Bible. So it's really Mm. good because it's like 10 minutes long per day. I don't even necessarily follow reading all the scriptures, but they do like a little summary of the several chapters that you were supposed to read. And so, Mm. um, that is something that you can do or like listen to a devotional or listen to an audio Bible or something like that as you're nursing the baby, that first feed in the morning. And so for me, that was like a way of having that morning routine without actually mm. having that morning routine. So that is how I did it in the season of like having a newborn. Also, if you don't have quiet time in your family after lunchtime, you are missing out. I'm just saying. <laughs> You're just missing out. So like my so my youngest one still naps and we like right now, um, when the boys are in school, she just naps and they come from school and then it's like, you know, everybody's home. But in the summertime and on the weekends and even right now, so my daughter's napping and then if I'm not recording anything, my boys have an hour of 
they need to either um, they read for 20 minutes and then they can play quietly by themselves for another 40 minutes. And it's like either magnet tiles or Legos or they can draw, they can color, but it has to be separated by themselves. And then after that, in our family, because my little one naps usually for two hours, they will use some screens. Today, they skipped the first part because I'm recording here and they are on their screens right now. This is how I'm able to do this right now. But like that allows me to have a window of time if you didn't get around to spending time with God in the morning, you can do that then. You can use some mm. of that time to play with your kids like 10 minutes each and like connect with them. Um, you can, you know, catch up on housework. But I typically like to, I at this stage, I work during those hours. But you can also use that time to just like have a hobby or do something for yourself, especially if you stay home with your kids, you know, and even on the weekends. Yeah. Have quiet time. It's so needed for your kids to decompress and for you. That's so good. I really love that idea because then you're also teaching your kids how to work in a pause in their day, which is so important. Like how many kids now are just as busy and stressed as we are because we're just go, 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 always on the screens, always going somewhere, always got something to do. And it's a lot for a little kid too. And so that's that's a really cool idea. So <laughs> I'm curious now how all of this translates into your relationship with your kids. So once you're managing your stress and finding the root of your own overwhelm, how do you see it, like the payoff of that in your parenting relationship? Yes. So that's kind of like the coolest thing because like that's where it trickles down. And so the biggest things that I've noticed and when I started taking care of myself proactively on a regular basis and like taking care of me, not in a way that, oh, I'm better than you. I matter more than you, but like I matter too. Like I see that you want some help with your toys right now and I'm eating a meal right now. When I'm done eating, then I can help you. Because I matter too. Mm. And so in that type of way, not like I'm better than you, but I've noticed that, first of all, it's like I have a lot more tolerance throughout the day. Like I can handle a lot more with chaos or overwhelm or stress that comes up during the day or their meltdowns or the kids not listening because that's just happening when you have kids. Like it's just going to happen. Yeah. Conflict <laughs> between siblings. Like I can handle so much more without being triggered, frustrated, or losing my cool. Like that is one thing. And when you are not losing your cool, right? Like you're more regulated because when you lose your cool, you say things that you regret later and that damages yeah. and hurts your relationships. So that is like one thing. The other thing is like I'm able to have all these tools and skills that I implement and that I can model to my kids. So when I'm feeling frustrated and agitated with my kids, even today, by the way, like right before we were recording, I needed to get my kids to eat. So then they would be on the devices. So then they would not come to here and interrupt me and say they're hungry. And so I needed them to eat and they weren't super cooperating. And, you know, like I just said, I feel really frustrated right now that you guys are not listening because I need you to eat because X, Y, Z. And what I did as like a self-regulation tool, I was deep breathing and I was just pacing back and forth in the kitchen and just telling myself, it's going to be fine. I'm safe. It's going to be okay if I show up a few minutes late. Nothing bad is going to happen. Like, you know, saying like helpful things that will help me calm down. Yeah. But I was modeling that to my kids instead of freaking out and screaming at them. 
them, right? And so that transfers into having better relationship with your kids. Like how many families do you know where they will say, my parent was verbally abusive. My parent was not in a good mental space. My parent was emotionally destructive or, you know, unstable. Like that affects kids in a negative ways, right? In more ways than you know. And so that's why it's so important like being in a better place yourself. And then you're modeling that to your kids. And then when your kids are having a hard moment, you can let them borrow your calm. You can stay regulated Mm. and calm even when they're melting down and not being sucked into it. But I tell you, when I'm stressed out and overwhelmed and I'm running and empty, which still happens once in a while, not, not that often, but it still have my moments. I get pulled into their emotions way quicker right? Mm. I feel so triggered by their emotions. I want them to just stop versus seeing it. Like I have a child who's just struggling and having a hard moment right now because when I'm in a better place, I can handle that. When I'm struggling, that feels a thousand times harder. That absolutely makes sense. That's just really cool. I love the piece about being able to model that for your children because I I mean, like I mentioned, we're in the very, very much three toddler stage with our son. And it's so interesting watching him and helping him learn to process through his feelings and then remembering that he's three. (laughs) So Mm -hmm. I can't just freak out and get frustrated. Like I have to bring my understanding back to like, this is new for him. He's overwhelmed. He doesn't know what to do. And so my ability to manage my own stress and process my own emotions in a healthy way has made such a huge difference, not only in my relationship with my son as his mom, but also for him teaching and modeling how he can also have permission to feel, but not let it get over the, you know, like overreacting and those kinds of outbursts kind of responses. So that's really, really cool how the benefits are really just (laughs) widespread. There's so many good things about this. And it's going to help your marriage right? Oh, yeah, yeah. Yes. How many times do we say hurtful things in our marriages when we're emotionally (laughs) dysregulated or stressed out and we just take it out on our spouse, right? And so if you see that your house spouse is overreacting, I'm not talking about like abusive situations here, but if you see your spouse is overreacting, instead of being like, dude, calm down, stop freaking out and say like, hey, I see that you're having a hard time. How can I help you right now? How can I support Mm. you? Like, Let's say you're having a hard moment and your spouse comes in and says that. How much more helpful would that be than him saying, hey, go cool off. Like, what's wrong with you? Stop being mad. Like, that's not helpful. You know, what's helpful is like, hey, I see you're struggling. Like, what's going on? Is there anything I can do to help you right now? And be like, yes, I feel so overwhelmed. Could you do X, Y, Z? Like, that would feel so helpful for me right now. (sighs) Right? Deep breath. You feel so much better. So, like, it helps your marriages. It helps your communication with your kids and your relationships. And the biggest thing is it really, like, models to your kids and helps them later on in life. Not just, like, as they were getting kids, but when they become adults, when they have marriages and kids of their own, like, for them to carry that legacy and that emotional stability into their homes, those healthy habits that they saw you form. They saw you get up in the morning and spend time with Jesus. They saw you Mm. saying, hey, I feel really angry right now. I'm going to go take a break right now so I don't say something hurtful that will hurt my relationship. I'll be back in five minutes. 
they saw you doing this, they will do that later on. And then you come back and say, hey, I feel really angry about X, Y, Z. Let's figure out what's going on. They see the communication. They see the emotional regulation. They see how conflicts are resolved in a healthy way. Like all of this is passed on for generations. And so like I, this is not just like for you. This is like generational work. And it starts with you. You know, it starts recognizing like, what am I doing that's not working? That's not serving me. What are some changes I need to make? How can I set myself up for success? And then learning these tools that you can teach your family and generations to come. Absolutely. That is so beautiful because, you know, I feel like at least for me, it's so easy in parenting to get so focused on this season right now and lose sight of the fact that I'm not just you know, dealing with a, a crazy, tired, hungry three-year-old, you know, I, I'm training a child to be a successful, healthy, whole adult human being who then will be capable of loving other people well. And so it's so cool that you talk about legacy with this and how it really is a generational thing. You're not just parenting a child, like you're raising an adult that's going to have relationships of their own and will need to know how to do this. So I absolutely love that perspective. Like it just gives you so much, like a greater sense of the purpose in the challenging seasons. It's like, this is what it's for. It's not just like, let's survive this day and get through this meltdown. It's like, we really are molding and help steward this little person to become everything that God has called them to be. So that is so special about what you do. However, I would love to know, because you mentioned this every now and then we still have hard days. And especially for someone who this may be a very new concept for, what do you do? Like, let's say it's just a bad day. You're overwhelmed. You didn't get in your time with the Lord. It's just a crazy, stressful, overwhelming day. And maybe you have had a moment of just emotional outburst. You're feeling angry and reactive. How do you come back from that? And how do you deal with the guilt that comes with that sometimes too? Oh my gosh, such a great question. Because like, I remember a few months back, like we got back from a trip uh, that we were behind at homework. My husband had to work uh, to catch up. He had to work in the evenings. I was feeling sick. I had a stomach bug. I had all four kids with me. Um, the house was a disaster. We didn't have food in our, you know, like pantry wasn't stacked up or the fridge wasn't stacked up. So it was just like mac and cheese and stuff. And I was just having a headache. I wasn't feeling well. Like, take all that. Like, of course, you're going to lose your goal. Like, who Oh, yeah. Like, of (laughs) course, right? And and that's not my norm. But, like, it just happened. And it's like, oh, yeah. And I was on my period, too. So, like, add that all that. Perfect storm. Yes. Perfect storm. And I did lose my cool, my kids. And I did scream. And I did yell. And... You know, that day, it's just like, I just got to make it till the end of the day. I just got to make it. I just got to put the kids to bed. I just got to make it. And I remember like putting the kids to bed. Sometimes you just have to just make it through the day. Like, how can I make it through the next 15 minutes? Like, what is the next right thing? You know, and sometimes Mm -hmm. you will still mess up. When you're struggling so much like that, you oftentimes will mess up. And I I have this phrase that I teach, but I also use it to myself when I mess up. It's like, I'm a good mom who had a hard day. Mm. I'm a good mom who had a hard day. I did my best and that was enough. 
I did do my best in that moment. <laughs> That's all I could do. Like I was really struggling and I didn't have the support that I needed, right? Because my husband was gone and I was like, and all these things, he had to work. I did my best. That was enough. I'm a good mom. I just had a really, really hard day. And just seeing myself from a lens of compassion and literally, if you need to write down that phrase 200 times, just put it and repeat it in your mind and just say it out loud in front of the mirror, whatever you need to do. Like, I'm a good mom. What a hard day. I did my best and that was enough. Jesus, please forgive me for saying, you know, doing these things to my kids. The next day, you can go and apologize to your kids and say, hey, you know, I was really having a hard day yesterday. And I said these things. They were really hurtful. That was not okay. I am so sorry I did that, you know. And sometimes you're just going to have days like that. But if you do things proactively the way that I've, like, taught you in this podcast, you will have very, very few days like that. They will still Mm -hmm. happen, you know. But they will be really, really rare. Maybe once a month, maybe a couple times a month, but maybe not even that, you know, just because you're constantly filling your cup, you're constantly lowering that stress level down proactively. You're not waiting until you're freaking out to do that. You know, you're constantly doing it. So then you create that as your norm, that peace and calm in your home. You have that peaceful presence, like coming from you in your home on a regular basis. I mean, I have my hard days too. Like the week before my cycle is always my hard week. I have like a few days that are just like, oh, oh my yeah. goodness, everybody's existence is annoying me. The fact that you're here and you need me and you're breathing next to yes. me is like pissing me off. And so I have days like that, you know, in a month, but usually it's just like a few days and then the rest of the month I'm doing pretty good because I do things proactively, you know, and that is what I'm here to help you and teach you because there are stresses in your life that will just happen. You get in a car accident, your parent dies, you know, right? all these things that will just happen. But if you have all the other extra stressors that are in your control that you're still trying to manage, then it, that's when it becomes too much. But if you're regulating the stressors that you can control, you're letting go of things, you're asking for help, you're shifting your mindset, right? Like you yeah. are taking care of yourself, even with the basics, literally basics, you know, yes. you'll be able to handle those stressors much easier because you're constantly processing that stress out of your body and not suppressing it. Yeah, that's so good because I feel like even in – those hard moments where you do catch yourself and you have to go to your kids and apologize, even that for them is modeling how we can reconcile after an emotional outburst of big feelings and all the things, you know, because like they're going to have hard days. And so even that modeling for them, just how we handle the hard days is so huge and so beautiful. And I just, I really do think that what you're teaching moms is life-changing because you're so right. There's always going to be something. Life is always going to happen. Kids are going to be sick. There are going to be bills to pay. It's just, life is crazy. But it's amazing to think like, what if, what if we took a step back, took inventory of our lives? What could we let go of? What could we say no to, even if it's just for a season for the sake of our mental health, spiritual health, emotional, like, you know, like whole being health, it's so worth it to eliminate that stress so that we can show up better for ourselves, for the Lord, for our families. Like 
that's amazing. So I, I just, I love this so much. And I would love to know before we go, is there anything specific that you would want to say? Like if you were sitting across from a mom right now who was like, Elizabeth, I'm so overwhelmed. I don't know if I can even make it another day. What do I do? What would you say to her? I would say you were chosen out of all the women by God to be your children's mom. You're doing your best. That is enough. And the phrase that I want you to drill into your head is that nobody benefits when you're running an empty and nobody suffers when you take care of yourself. Oh, that's so good. Wow. I love that so much. Well, I, for one, am so grateful to have had this conversation. I just feel like as moms, we can never get enough of this reminder to just take a step back, take a breath, get refilled. We won't lose anything from that. It's everyone's better for it. Like that's just so true. So good. So will you please tell everybody where they can find you and connect with you, continue this conversation and learn more about working with you? Yes. So I do have a podcast called Emotionally Healthy Legacy, and it is on all podcast platforms. And I have a free resource for your listeners. It's five ways to calm down when you're feeling triggered. And it's at Emotional Healthy Legacy slash Die by Words show. I love it. You guys, I've looked at this resource and it's amazing. So I'm just telling you right now, snag that immediately and go follow Elizabeth. Listen to her podcast. She's got so many more resources and deep dives into this conversation that will help you and encourage you so, so much. I'm so grateful for what you do, Elizabeth. I am just so thankful that you're helping so many moms handle the stress so that they can be better equipped to show up as a mom, but also just for themselves and their own purpose, just healthy, whole, and just with so much more intention. So thank you so much for being here. I'm so grateful for you and for your time and for everything that you're doing. Yeah. Thank you so much for having me. Thank you so much for taking time out of your day to tune into another episode of the ByWords show. I love having you here and I'm so thankful for your support. Don't forget to share a screenshot of this episode to let me know you were here. I can't wait to talk again soon, but in the meantime, be sure to come hang out with me on Instagram and remember I am cheering you on.